grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the name of our triune God, amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, angels are a special blessing from our Lord. God promises in Scripture to send his angels to watch over and protect his people and his church. And so today we celebrate the festival of St. Michael and all angels. You see, every year for hundreds of years, the church has set aside September 29th as a special day to give thanks to God for the gift of angels. Now, the reason the church chose September 29th was because this is in the fall of the year. It's when we start noticing that the days are getting shorter and the nights are getting longer. And actually, at this time of year, there's almost exactly 12 hours of light and 12 hours of darkness. And this serves as a reminder for us of the spiritual battle that is going on around us. That there are forces of light and forces of darkness that are waging a war. Think of how common this concept is in our society. I kind of illustrated this a little bit in the children's devotion, that we see incredibly popular movies play with this idea. Movies like Star Wars and Lord of the Rings show us two forces of light and darkness, good and evil. And they portray those forces as being equally matched. And so you need a hero like Luke Skywalker or Frodo Baggins to have personal courage and perseverance to overcome the powers of darkness and go back to the side of good. But that's not the reality of our spiritual lives that Scripture describes for us. The forces of light and darkness, good and evil, are not evenly matched. Satan, the great dragon, and all of his evil angels have been cast down from heaven. They have been completely defeated. We heard in the book, our reading from Revelation this morning, how Michael and the good angels warred against Satan. There was a battle that was fought, but the outcome was never in doubt. Satan never had a chance of overthrowing the forces of God. And so he was defeated. And he was defeated, we are told, by the blood of the Lamb, by the crucifixion and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Satan has been completely defeated. And the festival of St. Michael gives us a chance to reflect and look back and remember how Christ defeated our great enemy, Satan that he has been completely crushed by our Lord. And this is why we can sing so boldly as we did in our opening hymn that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ holds the field forever. Now the section of Revelation that we heard just a few minutes ago describes for us that great battle that was waged in heaven. When the devil and his evil angels fought against the archangel Michael and all the hosts of heaven. And throughout the history of the church, there have been two main ways of interpreting this section of scripture. The first sees this as a description of the original fall of Satan. We know that sometime after the seven days of creation, Satan rebelled against God and he was cast down from heaven. He took on the form of a serpent. He went and he was bent on destroying God's perfect creation. So he tempted Adam and Eve to sin and all of creation, all of humanity was cursed by sin. 
And Satan thought that he had won. That's the first interpretation that this describes that original battle. The second interpretation that many propose is that what Revelation is describing here is the great spiritual battle that was waged when Christ was crucified. And the second interpretation illustrates for us the foolishness of Satan. You see, Satan, while cunning, while a dangerous adversary, was so blinded by hate and rage and anger for God that he did things that were not in his own self-interest. You see, Satan foolishly believed that by crucifying Jesus, by killing the Son of God, this would somehow serve his purposes. It was Satan who led Judas Iscariot to betray our Lord. It was Satan who tempted the chief priests and elders to crucify Jesus. He thought that this would allow him to finally win. But instead, the death of Jesus Christ destroyed the power of Satan once and for all. When Jesus was crucified on the cross, he crushed the head of that ancient serpent, the devil. Because by his death and resurrection, he made full and complete payment for the sins of the world. As John says in Revelation, the blood of the Lamb is what defeated Satan. Jesus Christ's blood has washed away our sins. We have been forgiven. He has removed that curse of sin from our lives that we have now been redeemed. After his resurrection, we are told that Jesus descended into hell and he did that to declare his complete and total victory over Satan and the evil angels announcing and proclaiming to them that they had been defeated once and for all. By his resurrection, he shattered the gates of hell, he destroyed the power of death, and he ensures that one day we too will rise from the dead to join our Savior in the glorious eternity of heaven. This is why John records that great voice in heaven saying, now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. Because the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, the one who accuses them before our God day and night, they conquered him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives in the face of death. Dear friends, the name Satan means accuser. And that is exactly what Satan does. We are told he accuses us night and day before God. He goes and he reminds God of our sinfulness. He reminds how we have not lived our lives according to God's command, how we have failed to keep the commandments, how we have not achieved that standard of perfection that God's law demands. And Satan also accuses us. He uses our own consciences against us at times to remind us again and again of the times that we have sinned, to remind us again and again of the times that we have failed to keep God's commands. And he accuses us. And he whispers such horrible lies to us, things like that sin you have committed is so great and so terrible that there is no way God could ever forgive it. Or a lie like, how could God ever love a sinner like you? 
You see, Satan wants to accuse us. He wants to drive us into despair. He wants us to take our eyes off the cross of Christ and what Christ has done for us and instead turn and focus on all the wicked things that we have done in our lives. Satan wants us to doubt God's love and promises. But dear friends, The book of Revelation reminds us that the accuser has been cast down, that he can no longer accuse us because he has been defeated by the blood of the Lamb and by the testimony of the witnesses. And the testimony that John is talking about is the testimony of the Word of God, the witnesses, the apostles and prophets who saw God's plan of salvation in action, who witnessed his promises being fulfilled who were eyewitnesses to the death and resurrection of Christ and who were moved by the Holy Spirit to record those events in scriptures for us to learn and to read. This is the word that assures us that we have been forgiven. The word that assures us that we, that the blood of the Lamb has defeated the power of Satan and that we have been completely and totally forgiven. It is this testimony that tells us of the miracle of baptism, that we have been washed with water and word and made pure and holy in God's sight. It tells us of that last great, the new covenant that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ made on the night he was betrayed, where he promised us to come to us again and again through bread and wine, body and blood to give us that assurance that our sins have been completely and totally paid for. This is why the Apostle Paul records in Romans chapter 8, who will bring an accusation against God's elect? Satan cannot accuse us because God himself has declared us to be not guilty. We have been washed pure and new in the blood of the Lamb. Satan has been conquered. He has been cast down and he can no longer bring an accusation against us. And if Satan does accuse us, we are told that we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one, the conquering lamb, who by his death and resurrection continues to hold the field forever. Now while it is true that Satan has been defeated, He is still a dangerous adversary in our lives. St. Peter tells us that the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And the book of Revelation describes Satan as a great and terrible dragon. He has been cast down. He has been defeated. He has been dealt a mortal wound, but he is still a dangerous enemy. He is like a wounded and cornered beast that can lash out at any moment. And it is true that God has placed limits on what he can do, but he can still attack us. Because you see, Satan is a liar and a murderer. He hates God and he hates God's people. And he wants to do nothing else than to lead God's chosen people astray and condemn them to the same fires of hell that he and his evil angels are also condemned. He wants to destroy us. And he will do everything within his power to try to lead us astray. And one of the ways Satan does this, because he is a liar, he uses God's word against us. He tries to twist 
God's word, to get it to say things God never intended. We see this right away in the Garden of Eden when he got Eve and Adam to question, did God really say? We see an example in the Gospels of how Satan tried to use God's word to tempt Jesus into sin while Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days. We see an example in our modern world of how, or we see an example throughout the history of the church, how Satan has twisted God's word to take the focus off of Christ and instead to place the focus on what we need to do to earn our salvation. In our modern world, we see an example of Satan twisting God's word of that command that Jesus has given us to love one another. And Satan has twisted the definition of love to mean that we must accept and show toleration to any kind of activity that God has said is sinful. These are all lies that Satan uses to try to turn us astray. Well, how do we combat these lies of Satan? We combat them by immersing ourselves in God's word, by arming ourselves with the truth, by studying God's word on our own, by growing in our faith, by coming together to worship God in this holy house so we can hear his word, we can take part in his sacraments and be strengthened in our faith, and we can be strengthened and encouraged by our fellow believers to resist the attacks of Satan. This is the same encouragement that the Apostle Paul gives us in Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take a stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. For this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to take a stand in the day of evil And after you have done everything, to stand. Dear friends, as we celebrate the festival of St. Michael, we remember the spiritual war that is being waged for our souls. Satan and his evil angels want nothing more than to destroy us. And they attack us in particular because the unbelievers in the world, Satan already has them in his power. It is we who are God's elect that Satan wants to lead astray in any way that he can. But dear friends, God is on our side. Satan has been cast down. And as an additional blessing, our Father in heaven promises to send his angels to guard and protect his people. In particular, on this festival, we remember the archangel Michael, the leader of the forces of heaven, who was the protector of the nation of Israel and for hundreds of years the church has regarded as the protector of God's church. Yes, as we heard in our Old Testament lesson this morning, there is an invisible spiritual battle that is being waged around us. God promises to send his army of good angels to watch over and protect us. Now, God would certainly not need to do this. God himself is with us all the time. But this is a special blessing that he gives to his people, that there are angels protecting us from the devil and his evil angels. How these good angels watch over us and the church, how they thwart the schemes of the devil, and how they also rejoice when we sinners repent of our sins and how they rejoice when unbelievers come to know the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
These are the same angels who are in heaven continually singing the praises of our God night and day. And Scripture also teaches us that while these angels are protecting us from spiritual danger, God also sends them to protect us from physical danger in our lives as well. Psalm 91 verses 11 and 12 gives us this promise. Yes, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. I'm sure if you talk to any number of people in this room, either they themselves or they know someone in their lives who is convinced that an angel protected them from some harm or danger in their lives. And we believe these stories because this is exactly what God has promised to do. He has promised to send his angels to watch over us and to protect us. Now, this doesn't mean that we take foolish or unnecessary risks in our lives expecting those angels to intervene. This is another way that Satan twists God's promise. This is the same temptation that he gave to Jesus on the, top, on the roof of the temple when he told Christ to throw himself down because the angels would protect him. And Satan, or Jesus rebuked Satan by saying, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. But we do have a promise from God that he will send his angels to guard and to keep us. What a joyful and amazing blessing that our Lord has spent these powerful beings to be our protectors. And the festival of St. Michael gives us an opportunity to give special praise and thanks to God for this blessing. And this is one of the unique differences of the Lutheran Church, that we direct all of our praise and thanks to God himself. We see even in the pages of scriptures that the angels themselves, when people would attempt to offer them praise and thanks, they would redirect them and say, no, all praise and thanks goes to our God and Father in heaven. And so we give him thanks for sending his angels to watch over and protect us. We give him thanks for protecting us from this spiritual battle that is going around, around us. And we praise our Lord for the victory that we have in the blood of the Lamb that Christ has defeated the power of Satan once and for all. And so as we proclaimed in that great hymn of Martin Luther's, this world's prince may scowl fierce as he will. He can harm us none. He's judged. The deed is done. One little word can fell him. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.